0: God grants Solomon wisdom and knowledge. And later, Solomon builds the temple. It's 2 Chronicles chapters 1-5 through 5 and Isaiah chapter 1. Here on Commuter Bible. This is Commuter Bible, the audio Bible reading plan to match your weekly schedule. I'm your host, John Ross. We are back in the Old Testament with Second Chronicles, which is the second book of a four-book series, which includes... 1st and 2nd Chronicles, along with Ezra and Nehemiah. Combined, they make up a historical account of God's people, starting with Adam and ending with the return to Jerusalem from their exile in Babylon. It's likely that Ezra is the author of all four and the one responsible for compiling the material, but we don't know that for sure. Here in the 2nd book of Chronicles, we begin with the rule of Solomon, son of King David, who has been given authority as king by God's special decree. Later in Isaiah, we'll see a stark difference between worship in his day and Solomon's. 2 Chronicles chapters 1-5 through five. Solomon, son of David, strengthened his hold on his kingdom. The Lord his God was with him and highly exalted him. Then Solomon spoke to all Israel, to the commanders of thousands and of hundreds, to the judges, and to every leader in all Israel, the family heads. Solomon and the whole assembly with him went to the high place that was in Gibeon because God's tent of meeting, which the Lord's servant Moses had made in the wilderness, was there. Now David had brought the ark of God from Kiriath-Jerim to the place he had set up for it because he had pitched a tent for it in Jerusalem, but he put the bronze altar, which Bezalel son of Uri son of Hur had made, in front of the Lord's tabernacle. Solomon and the assembly inquired of him there. Solomon offered sacrifices there in the Lord's presence on the bronze altar at the tent of meeting. He offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. That night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask, what should I give you? And Solomon said to God, You have shown great and faithful mercy to my father David, and you have made me king in his place. Lord God, let your promise to my father David now come true, for you have made me king over a people as numerous as the dust of the earth. Now grant me wisdom and knowledge so that I may lead these people, for who can judge this great people of yours? God said to Solomon, Since this was in your heart, and you have not requested riches, wealth, or glory, or for the life of those who hate you, and you have not even requested long life, but you have requested for yourself wisdom and knowledge, that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and knowledge Are given to you. I will also give you riches, wealth, and glory, unlike what was given to the kings who were before you, or will be given to those after you. So Solomon went to Jerusalem from the high place that was in Gibeon in front of the tent of meeting, and he reigned over Israel. Solomon accumulated 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horsemen which he stationed in the chariot cities and with the king in Jerusalem. The king made silver and gold as common in Jerusalem as stones, and he made cedar as abundant as sycamore in the Judean foothills. Solomon's horses came from Egypt and Kua. The king's traders would get them from Kua at the going price. A chariot could be imported from Egypt for fifteen pounds of silver, and a horse for nearly four pounds. In the same way, they exported them to all the kings of the Hittites and to the kings of Aram through their agents. Solomon decided to build a temple for the name of the Lord and a royal palace for himself. So he assigned 70,000 men as porters, 80,000 men as stonecutters in the mountains, and 3,600 as supervisors over them. Then Solomon sent word to King Hiram of Tyre. Do for me what you did for my father David. You sent him cedars to build him a house to live in. Now, I am building a temple for the name of the Lord my God in order to dedicate it to him for burning fragrant incense before him, for displaying the rose of the bread of the presence continuously, and for sacrificing burnt offerings for the morning and the evening, the Sabbaths and the new moons, and the appointed festivals of the Lord our God. This is ordained for Israel permanently. The temple that I am building will be great, For our God is greater than any of the gods. But who is able to build a temple for him, since even heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain him? Who am I, then, that I should build a temple for him except as a place to burn incense before him? Therefore, send me an artisan who is skilled in engraving to work with gold, silver, bronze, and iron, and with purple, crimson, and blue yarn. He will work with the artisans who are with me in Judah and Jerusalem, appointed by my father David. Also, send me cedar, cypress, and algam logs from Lebanon, for I know that your servants know how to cut the trees of Lebanon. Note that my servants will be with your servants to prepare logs for me in abundance because the temple I am building will be great and wondrous. I will give your servants, the woodcutters who cut the trees, 120,000 bushels of wheat flour, 120,000 bushels of barley, 120,000 gallons of wine, and 120,000 gallons of oil. Then King Hiram of Tyre wrote a letter and sent it to Solomon. Because the Lord loves his people, he set you over them as king. Hiram also said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who made the heavens and the earth. He gave King David a wise son with insight and understanding, who will build a temple for the Lord and a royal palace for himself. I have now sent Huram Abi, a skillful man who has understanding. He is the son of a woman from the daughters of Dan. His father is a man of Tyre. He knows how to work with gold, silver, bronze, iron, stone, and wood, with purple, blue, crimson yarn, and fine linen. He knows how to do all kinds of engraving and to execute any design that may be given him. I have sent him to be with your artisans and the artisans of my lord, your father, David. Now, Let my lord send the wheat, barley, oil, and wine to his servants as promised. We will cut logs from Lebanon, as many as you need, and bring them to you as rafts by sea to Joppa. You can then take them up to Jerusalem. Solomon took a census of all the resident alien men in the land of Israel. After the census that his father David had conducted, and the total was 153,600. Solomon made 70,000 of them porters, 80,000 stone cutters in the mountains, and 3,600 supervisors to make the people work. Then Solomon began to build the Lord's temple in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah where the Lord had appeared to his father David at the site David had prepared on the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. He began to build on the second day of the second month in the fourth year of his reign. These are Solomon's foundations for building God's temple. The length was 90 feet and the width 30 feet. The portico, which was across the front, extending across the width of the temple, was 30 feet wide. Its height was 30 feet. He overlaid its inner surface with pure gold. The larger room he paneled with cypress wood, overlaid with fine gold, and decorated with palm trees and chains. He adorned the temple with precious stones for beauty, and the gold was the gold of Parvam. He overlaid the temple, the beams, the thresholds, its walls and doors with gold, and he carved cherubim on the walls. Then he made the most holy place. Its length corresponded to the width of the temple, thirty feet, and its width was thirty feet. He overlaid it with forty-five thousand pounds of fine gold, the weight of the nails was twenty ounces of gold, and he overlaid the ceiling with gold. He made two cherubim of sculptured work for the most holy place, and he overlaid them with gold. The overall length of the wings of the cherubim was thirty feet. The wing of one was seven and a half feet, touching the wall of the room. Its other wing was seven and a half feet, touching the wing of the other cherub. The wing of the other cherub was seven and a half feet, touching the wall of the room. Its other wing was seven and a half feet, reaching the wing of the other cherub. The wingspan of these cherubim was thirty feet. They stood on their feet and faced the larger room. He made the curtain of blue, purple, and crimson yarn and fine linen, and he wove cherubim into it. In front of the temple he made two pillars, each twenty-seven feet high. The capital on top of each was seven and a half feet high. He had made chain work in the inner sanctuary and also put it on top of the pillars. He made a hundred pomegranates and fastened them into the chain work. Then he set up the pillars in front of the sanctuary, one on the right and one on the left. He named the one on the right, Jachin, and the one on the left, Boaz. He made a bronze altar 30 feet long, 30 feet wide, and 15 feet high. Then he made the cast metal basin, 15 feet from brim to brim, perfectly round. It was 7.5 feet high and 45 feet in circumference. The likeness of oxen was below it completely encircling it, ten every half yard, completely surrounding the basin. The oxen were cast in two rows when the basin was cast. It stood on twelve oxen, three facing north, three facing west, three facing south, and three facing east. The basin was on top of them, and all their hindquarters were toward the center. The basin was three inches thick, and its rim was fashioned like the brim of a cup or a lily blossom. It could hold 11,000 gallons. He made ten basins for washing and put five on the right and five on the left. The parts of the burnt offering were rinsed in them, but the basin was used by the priests for washing. He made the ten gold lampstands according to their specifications and put them in the sanctuary, five on the right and five on the left. He made ten tables and placed them in the sanctuary, five on the right and five on the left. He also made a hundred gold bowls. He made the courtyard of the priests and the large court and doors for the court. He overlaid the doors with bronze. He put the basin on the right side, toward the southeast. Then Huram made the pots, the shovels, and the bowls. So Huram finished doing the work that he was doing for King Solomon in God's temple. Two pillars, the bowls and the capitals on top of the two pillars, the two gratings for covering both bowls of the capitals that were on top of the pillars, the four hundred pomegranates for the two gratings, two rows of pomegranates for each grating, covering both capitals' bowls on top of the pillars. He also made the water carts and the basins on the water carts, the one basin and the twelve oxen underneath it, the pots, the shovels, the forks, and all their utensils. Huramabi made them for King Solomon for the Lord's temple. All these were made of polished bronze. The king had them cast in clay molds in the Jordan Valley between Succoth and Zerida. Solomon made all these utensils in such great abundance that the weight of the bronze was not determined. Solomon also made all the equipment in God's temple. The gold altar, the tables on which to put the bread of the presence, the lampstands and their lamps of pure gold, to burn in front of the inner sanctuary according to specifications. The flowers, lamps, and gold tongs of purest gold. The wick trimmers, sprinkling basins, ladles, and firepans of purest gold. And the entryway to the temple, its inner doors to the most holy place, and the doors of the temple sanctuary of gold. So all the work Solomon did for the Lord's temple was completed. Then Solomon brought the consecrated things of his father David, the silver, the gold, and all the utensils, and put them in the treasuries of God's temple. At that time, Solomon assembled at Jerusalem the elders of Israel, all the tribal heads, the ancestral chiefs of the Israelites, in order to bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord up from the city of David, that is Zion. So all the men of Israel were assembled in the king's presence at the festival. This was in the seventh month. All the elders of Israel came, and the Levites picked up the ark. They brought up the ark, the tent of meeting, and the holy utensils that were in the tent. The priests and the Levites brought them up. King Solomon and the entire congregation of Israel who had gathered around him were in front of the ark, sacrificing sheep, goats, and cattle that could not be counted or numbered because there were so many. The priests brought the ark of the Lord's covenant to its place into the inner sanctuary of the temple, to the most holy place, beneath the wings of the cherubim. And the cherubim spread their wings over the place of the ark, so that the cherubim formed a cover above the ark and its poles. The poles were so long that their ends were seen from the holy place in front of the inner sanctuary, but they were not seen from outside. They are still there today. Nothing was in the ark except the two tablets that Moses had put in it at Horeb, where the Lord had made a covenant with the Israelites when they came out of Egypt. Now all the priests who were present had consecrated themselves regardless of their divisions. When the priests came out of the holy place, the Levitical singers dressed in fine linen and carrying cymbals, harps, and lyres were standing east of the altar, and with them were 120 priests blowing trumpets. The Levitical singers were descendants of Asaph, Heman, and Jeduthun, and their sons and relatives. The trumpeters and singers joined together to praise and thank the Lord with one voice. They raised their voices, accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and musical instruments, in praise to the Lord. For He is good. His faithful love endures forever. The temple, the Lord's temple, was filled with a cloud. And because of the cloud, the priests were not able to continue ministering, for the glory of the Lord filled God's temple. Isaiah chapter 1 the vision concerning Judah and Jerusalem that Isaiah son of Amoz saw during the reigns of King Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah of Judah. Listen, heavens, and pay attention, earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have raised children and brought them up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's feeding trough. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. O sinful nation, people weighed down with iniquity, brood of evildoers, depraved children. They have abandoned the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They have turned their backs on Him. Why do you want more beatings? Why do you keep on rebelling? The whole head is hurt and the whole heart is sick. From the sole of the foot, even to the head, no spot is uninjured. Wounds, welts, and festering sores, not cleansed, bandaged, or soothed with oil. Your land is desolate, Your cities burned down. Foreigners devour your fields right in front of you. A desolation, like a place demolished by foreigners. Daughter Zion is abandoned like a shelter in a vineyard, like a shack in a cucumber field, like a besieged city. If the Lord of Armies had not left us a few survivors, We would be like Sodom. We would resemble Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the instruction of our God, you people of Gomorrah. What are all your sacrifices to me? asks the Lord. I have had enough of burnt offerings and rams and the fat of well-fed cattle. I have no desire for the blood of bulls, lambs, or male goats. When you come to appear before me, who requires this from you, this trampling of my courts? Stop bringing useless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons and sabbaths and the calling of solemn assemblies, I cannot stand iniquity, with a festival. I hate your new moons and prescribed festivals. They have become a burden to me. I am tired of putting up with them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I will refuse to look at you. Even if you offer countless prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are covered with blood. Wash yourselves. Cleanse yourselves. Remove your evil deeds from my sight. Stop doing evil. Learn to do what is good. Pursue justice. Correct the oppressor. Defend the rights of the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. Come, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are crimson red, they will be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The faithful town, what an adulteress she has become. She was once full of justice. Righteousness once dwelt in her, but now murderers. Your silver has become dross to be discarded. Your beer is diluted with water. Your rulers are rebels, friends of thieves. They all love graft and chase after bribes. They do not defend the rights of the fatherless, and the widow's case never comes before them. Therefore the Lord God of armies, the mighty one of Israel, declares, Ah, I will get even with my foes. I will take revenge against my enemies. I will turn my hand against you and will burn away your dross completely. I will... Remove all your impurities. I will restore your judges to what they were at first and your advisors to what they were at the start. Afterward, you will be called the righteous city, a faithful town. Zion will be redeemed by justice, those who repent by righteousness. At the same time, both Rebels and sinners will be broken, and those who abandon the Lord will perish. Indeed, they will be ashamed of the sacred trees you desired, and you will be embarrassed because of the garden shrines you have chosen. For you will become like an oak whose leaves are withered, and like a garden without water. The strong one will become tender, and his work a spark. Both will burn together, with no one to extinguish the flames. Just a reminder, friends, that there are other Commuter Bible podcasts available to you. There's Commuter Bible NT, which usually takes you through one chapter of the New Testament each episode. And there's Commuter Bible OT, which is a chronological reading of the Old Testament, If you want to get into Isaiah in larger sections than what we're doing here, you can do that through Commuter Bible OT. So find that wherever you listen to podcasts or go to commuterbible.com and click Episodes. Today's episode was narrated and orchestrated by me, John Ross, and co-produced by Bobby Brown, Caitlin Pridgen, Eric Williamson, and the Christian Standard Bible. Thanks for listening, and remember, happy is the one whose delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night.